Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, you are too kind. You may be seated. Good morning, church. Great to be with you. Fantastic to be in this amazing church. Incredible things are happening. I think the Bible should say, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to Ray of Hope Church. I know it doesn't exactly say that, but it should be that way in the Bible. And how about that worship? This is the first time I've been here, and just to experience the worship, I think I'm gonna ask the Lord when I go to heaven, now don't get me wrong, I don't wanna go to heaven right now or anything, but when I go to heaven, uh, Lord, can I come back on weekends and just experience Ray of Hope's worship? Just every once in a while, let me go back down into the, the Duncan, Oklahoma, Comanche, uh, area and I got myself a bride from Oklahoma so there's a special place in my heart for all things uh, Oklahoma uh, people and and uh, got down to Texas and we're pastoring a, a church in central Texas thank you for having me uh, here today and uh, I just want to give honor where honor is due before we get into I know this is a Bible believing church but you can always tell how much God loves a church and you can tell that by just simply checking out the kind of pastors that he gives to a church. And all I have to say, just kind of being here even this morning and uh, even last night, but uh, all I have to say is that God must really love Ray of Hope Church because he's given you some incredible pastors and Pastor Mike McCord and Pastor Matt Chambers and all the staff and leaders. And I want to encourage you to come tonight. It'll be a completely different message for tonight's service and then we're going to be kind of hanging out and then tomorrow night for the leaders and those who are on the serve teams and and uh, thank you for it's just great hanging out with you this weekend you know we're ratcheting up for ramping up for a, a very meaningful week a lot to remember a lot what Christ has done how many are thankful you're on your way to heaven because of what Christ has done and we're five days away from good Friday and it was a bad Friday for him but it was a good Friday for us but two days later how many know he was buried but he came ripping up out of the grave and that is our hope. And I love the name of your church, Ray of Hope, because that's what church is all about. It's not a place that you come and you endure church. I have been in some, how many have been in some, that's kind of awkward, you don't have to put your hands up. Uh, how many have been in some churches <laughs> that you've endured and looked at the clock and uh, it's like, I can't wait to get out of here. This is not this kind of church. I think that church is not a place where uh, you have to endure it. I think it's a place that you enjoy. I think it's a place where you get an explanation of God, but at the same time, you can come and experience God. <laughs> and so we're going to talk about that a little bit here uh, this morning. And if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to turn with me uh, to John chapter 1. And just kind of ramping up for the next five days, Good Friday, the next seven days, I want to prepare all of our hearts and also moving forward in the kind of spirit that we need to have. Uh, as a church, Ray of Hope Church, or my church in Living Waters down in Seguin. And I simply want to encourage you and bless you uh, here today. And, and I want to talk about and just break down the life of Peter. I know you know about the life of Peter, but simply just divide his life down into five days. John chapter 1, here's day number one. It's, it's one of the most powerful, I believe, character sketches or bios uh, in the Bible. One of the greatest character studies is the life of Simon Peter. How many love Simon Peter in the Bible? How many can relate to Simon Peter? You stick your foot in your mouth a little bit. You can relate to, I feel like Peter. You can, 
you know, change out your sandals because it's always going in your mouth and you're saying the wrong thing. About 80, 80% of the time, Peter's saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing, and I can relate to him. He was a mouthpiece gone wild. But let's just take a look at his life, and here's day number one. Day number one, let's pray. Father, help in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. I'll just pray quick. That's why you want to invite me over to your house because the food is not going to get cold and that's never the will of God when the food's getting cold. So I'll just pray quick and I preach quick. And the more you amen, the quicker I preach. So y'all amen a lot. And so John chapter one, verse 35 through 42. Day one, the day of his salvation. The day of his salvation. The first day that Peter met Jesus. And the first day, vice versa, that Jesus met Peter. Something supernatural shifted in his heart. John chapter one, verse 35, if you're there, look down on your Bible. If you don't have that, you can look at the screen or your iPhone or any other form of inus that you have, your iPad. Uh, It says the next day, John was there again with two of his disciples, and when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God, big fat exclamation point. And when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. It goes on to say, turning around, Jesus saw them. He sees Our Father in heaven sees everything that we do. He sees some people following. He sees how we follow. And he asked us a question, hey, what do you want? And they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he says to them, verse 39, come, he replied, and you will see. It's the walk of faith. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent the day with him. It was about four in the afternoon, verse 40, and I really want to kind of dial into, notice, Andrew. Simon Peter's brother was one of the two who heard what John had said, and he chases after, he goes after, he follows Jesus, verse 41. And the first thing, once Andrew, notice, the first thing when he is found, the first thing that he does is he goes and finds. And he finds his brother Simon and tells him, something we were singing that song like don't be quiet break the silence open up your mouth to those that we love in our sphere of influence whoever that is you go and you tell them something and what do you tell them we have found the messiah that is the christ verse 42 and he brought him to jesus and jesus looked at him and said you are simon son of john you will be called cephas which when translated is Peter. This is the first encounter that Peter has with Jesus. Andrew did something. His brother came and brought him to Jesus. I I love that. Here's our first observation, big observation here this morning. Let's not invite people. Let's bring them to Jesus. Let's quit invitations and start bring invitations. I'm, I'm making up words, Pastor Mike, right now. I'm coining, you could coin that word right there. Notice, Andrew's got some edge on him. He's closing the sale. He's saying, come with me. It's not just a simple, and we're not, of course, against any kind of invitations, but there's something more on Andrew that says, I'm compelling you, brother, to come with me. Notice this, the language. You gotta dig into your Bible. You gotta jump into the text. And he brought him, say brought with me. He brought him to Jesus. I, I love that about, about Andrew. And of course, when he brings him to Jesus, then Jesus has something to say, and he says to him, you are Simon, 
but you shall be called Peter. That's why we go like Andrew did. We Even this week, in the next five days or seven days, I just want to challenge you. I just want to encourage you to go out and go get your brother. Go out, go out and get your sister. Or maybe they're not a brother or a sister in Christ yet. They're a pre-Christian. Or, or some friend that doesn't know God and they're far. You go out, open up your mouth, and find them and bring them to church so they can meet Jesus. That's what Andrew was all about. That's what church is all about. You get them here and they find Jesus. You get them here and they find Hope, the name of your church for crying out loud is called Ray of Hope. How many know church is a place you find your purpose? It's not a place that you're reminded of your past. I've been in those kind of churches. Go ahead and raise your hand. No, I'm just kidding. So I've been in those kind of churches as well where you're reminded of your past all the time. But how many know church is not a place that you're reminded of your past? It's a place where you feel the future. You find, you find the Christ. You anticipate something. There's purpose that's, that's there, and this is within the first couple of nanoseconds of their meeting together. Practically, just play along with me just a little bit here. This is my first time preaching. If I were in the lobby, notice what Jesus does. You are Simon, and it doesn't take long for him to read his mail. Your, na- your name is Simon, but... You're not going to be Simon for long if you follow me. I'm going to turn you into something. I'm going to, I'm going to change you into something else, something greater. There's a next level. There's 40 next levels in you. You are Simon. I'm not denying who you are. You are a wimp. Your name is Simon. Your name is Simon, which means read. How many know some people who are like just, they're blown in the, in the wind by fears and feelings, nothing more than feelings. They just blow whatever pressure in life, whatever circumstances, situational dynamics in their life, they just kind of blow. They're around this crowd, they blow that way. They're around this crowd over here at work who are non-Christians, they become non-Christians like the crowd. They follow the crowd and they don't follow Christ. They take cues from culture. They don't take cues from being a God man or a God woman. They're just, they're just like a reed. Like Simon means reed. How many know some people like that? Don't look at them right now. That's awkward. Like It's like, that's my husband. <laughs> he needs to hear this sermon. Jesus says to him, you are Simon. You are a reed. You're a wimp, bro. You're a wimp. You don't know who you are but I'm gonna change you into something. I'm gonna gonna turn you into something. You're Simon, but you shall be called a rock, which is Peter. You're not a reed, you're a rock. You you are a wimp, but I can do something about that. I can make you into something solid. I, I I can put something of a steadfast spirit in you. You're Simon, but you shall be called You know what Jesus was doing just in the first couple of moments? He was saying, you know what, Simon, I believe in you. Now, you got some problems, and I got problems, and all of us have issues. And if you don't think you have issues, that's your issue, is that you don't think you have an issue. But Simon's got some issues. But you know what Jesus was saying? Hey, you. Hey, 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 you. I believe in you. Now, I know you came to church today to Ray of Hope because you believe in God. Can I ask you a question? Do you really know that God believes in you? We are a bunch of mess-ups, but he sees not problems. He sees potential. 
he sees purpose behind, even though he can't see it, by faith, Jesus sees that he can be more than just Simon. He can be, are y'all hearing what I'm saying here today? He can become a Peter. Now practically, only Jesus can change somebody's name within the first couple of seconds. Like play along, if I was in the lobby for the very first time being here, and all of a sudden I were to see you and say, hi Hank, how you doing? I'm Paul. You're Hank, but you shall be called Frank. That's not going to go over all that well. (laughs) Hi Harry, how you doing? I'm Paul, it's a pleasure. You shall be called Larry. It's just going to flop. Jesus has nerve. God's got nerve. He gets away with things like this. And that's day one, the day that he got saved, that first day that he encountered Jesus Christ. And I think that everything went different that day. He went home that day. We know that Peter was married. Jesus healed his mother-in-law later on. And I think he went home that day. He was a sailor. I think he didn't cuss as much. He's a fisherman. I think he didn't yell at his wife. I don't think he kicked the dog or drowned the goldfish that day. I, I think there was something like, hey, honey, there's something that happened. Well, how was your day, Simon? Well, that's the thing. My name's not Simon anymore. I met a guy. Don't really understand it, but I'm not Simon. Well, what's your name? We've been married for 20 years. Okay, my name's Peter now. I go by Peter. Well, how does that work? I don't know. He met me for like five minutes, and I'm not Simon anymore. I'm Peter. I don't know what's going on right now, but I sure want to hang out with him. If I could just see him, I hope to see him again. I don't get it all. How many of you don't have to get it all in the Bible? I don't get it all, but you don't have to understand everything to start doing something for God. God's got a great purpose in our life. The first day turned into the second day. And, of course, he tells his wife, and his wife says, well, I don't understand what all that means either. And he goes, I'd love to see him again. And day two happens in Luke chapter 5. It's a long passage. You can go and read it later. But five or six months later, Peter's just trying to get in the crowd. He's just trying to hide in the back of the church service. He's on the back row At this point in Jesus' life, it's day two. It's the day of his sanctification. I know that's a $3 theological term, a real churchy kind of Christianese word. It basically means take your next step. And Peter did. I want a day two. Day one didn't satisfy. I don't know about you, but I need more than Sunday. (laughs) And I'm a preacher. (laughs) There's another step. God wants us all to grow beyond just salvation. You know what sanctification means? The day of his sanctification It means that God wants us to grow. It's God's will for us to grow and to move beyond just salvation. It's it's when we begin to to grow, and and he's hiding. At this point in Jesus' career, he's got a lot of Instagram followers. He's on a beach. Just read it, Luke chapter 5. The crowds are pressing in. The multitudes are amazing, marvelous. They're pressing in on, pushing in on him so much that he's got to get a floating pulpit. There's a couple of boats out there. Peter's hoping that Jesus doesn't call his name. He's just there to kind of, kind of merge in with the with the crowd and kind of hear him teach from a, a distance. He doesn't know about it all yet. He doesn't want to be on the front row of Christianity yet. It's okay. God's working on all of us, right? And one of the boats is Peter's he says oh he's going to pick my boat I know he's going to call my name because how boring would church be if you go to church your whole life and you never hear your name called by God he'll call your name (laughs) because he sees you (laughs) 
and he wants something for you. He's not against you. Come on, how many know it's the goodness of God that leads us closer to him, right? Oh, he's picking my boat. Oh, I hate that he's picking my boat. Hey, Peter, he calls him by name. He just, he just called my name. I just heard my name over a megaphone. He just picked my boat. He picks Peter's boat. He launches out there a little bit. He preaches to the crowd. The crowd goes back home, and there Peter is, and James and John, the sons of Zebedee, zippity doo dah, zippity yay, my oh my, what a wonderful day. James and John are there. Peter's out there, and Jesus says, why don't you launch out into the, get off the shoreline, man. Launch out into the deep. Let down your nets. Well, that's not going to work. We were here all night long. The fish aren't running. We know, we're pros. We're bass pros. We, 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 we understand Cabela's. We, we, understand, we understand how to, you're just a carpenter. How many know carpenters can tell fishermen what to do? They're not running. Just let your nets down. It's not working. No fishy fishy from Mr. Simon. Zippity, I mean, nothing, nada, no, no fish all night long. What are you saying, let your nets down? Just do it, nevertheless, at your word, and he lets the nets down, and you talk about cha-ching. It's a good day. It's a good boating day. It's a good business day for, in fact, that net, it was a net-breaking, miracle-working day. They've never, James and John have never, they're fishermen. Peter's a fisherman. They've never seen this kind of blessing. They're blown away by how many fish are in these nets. How many know knowing and doing what God has done produces the best results in your life? God, I'm going to go with your plan, not my, my plan. This is the second day. It, it moves him. It launches him a little further. It crowds him to Christ a little closer. It's the day that all of us move beyond salvation the call of God he calls you by name to go a little bit deeper he's a good God Peter's addicted I want a day three (laughs) I can't get enough of this man day one was awesome day two was cha-ching day three what what's what's going on with this I want to follow him and he dropped his nets and the Bible says follow me and I'll make you a fisherman of men Day three, it's found in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 through 15. I call it the day of his signature. It's the day that his name actually changed. You know this story. I'll read a couple of verses for you. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 through 15. Y'all remember he's there. He's with his disciples. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? At this point, who he was was overcoming what he had done. He wants them to know who he is. And they replied, well, some say, and they get into kind of this pathetic, opinionated zone, like some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And and verse Jesus just pivots. He said, but what about you? And if he were to ask you this question from this platform, and what about you? Or what about you? you? Who would you say that Jesus is to you? And he asked them, like he asked us, who do you say that I am? One of the times that Peter actually gets it right. Ding, 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 correct answer. Verse 16, notice Peter, he, he stands up and he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus turns to him and says to him, 
Blessed are you, now notice, blessed are you, Simon. Your name is still Simon, technically. Blessed are you, Simon, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my heavenly Father revealed this to you, and you are Peter. And he actually changed his name that day. He actually autographed his heart that day. The day of his signature, you're no longer Simon. You've been acting like Simon, but day three, you are Peter. And on this rock, a little play on words right there, on this rock of revelation, I will build my church. How many know we live in an identity crisis in America today? People are more confused than they've ever been before, and the only fix is a revelation of Christ's identity. People don't know who they are. But when you find out who he is, you find out who you is. I know that's bad grammar, but I'm from Texas. But you welcome me anyway. Because until you find out who your maker is, what difference does it make? Because you'll never know who you are until you know who he is. And you're never more knowing of who you are until you're totally into him. But you have to come to a revelation at some point in your life and say, you are the Christ. And then Jesus in turn will say, you are Pete. That's your name. You're not Hank anymore. You're officially Frank. You're, you're a completely different person. The Holy Spirit's made you completely new. You find out who you are, man. You get in the zone. Probably the other 11 disciples are like, we didn't get a name change. How come we can't get a name change? You went from Simon to Peter. What's our name change? They don't get a name change. They're all mumbling over there or whatever else. And then, of course, then Jesus has a continued dialogue conversation with them and he goes I'm gonna die and then Peter gets it wrong again <laughs> he said there's no way he gets in the flesh he was just in the spirit now he's in the flesh no, there's no way you're not gonna die and he goes you want a new name how about Satan get behind me like nanny nanny boo boo like you got the word so you got the name Satan now from Simon to Peter to Satan thank God that didn't stick and Jesus said no I gotta die I don't care what you say, Peter, and you're going to deny. I'm not going to deny. Yeah, not just once, not just twice. The three times you're going to deny. And the Bible says that Jesus did something when he saw that right there in front of his face, Peter was the one who was denying him three times and the rooster crowed. But notice what Jesus did with an eye shot of, of Peter. Luke chapter 22 and verse 61 through 62, he, he looks at Peter. He actually turns, he looks at Peter, and they met eyes. And Peter walked away, and he wept bitterly. And we just got to know. Just like Peter, in that glance, in, the, in that gaze, whatever, whatever happened in that in that look, it was a moment. When you feel like you have denied or you feel like you have messed up, like Peter has messed up right in front of Jesus' face. We usually mess up outside of Jesus' presence, but right there in front of his, his presence, they, they locked eyes together. And when they locked eyes, it tells us something about how you think 
that Jesus looked at Peter that day. It's actually an important principle in, in our Christian walk is what you think about when you think about God. How do you think, just ray of hope, how do you, how do you think that Jesus looked at a person who was just a coward and walked away and denied him and said, I don't know the blankety-blank man. Cursing and swearing at him is what the Bible says. And the way that Jesus looked at him tells me what you think about when you think about God. You think that Jesus looked at him and had kind of this evil eye of condemnation? Forget you, Peter. Bad boy, bad boy, what you gonna do? Forget you. Shame on you, Peter, for denying me right within eyeshot of me. It tells us our view of God. There was something about it. I don't think that Jesus looked at him that way. I don't think he was adding burdens and sin and shame. I think he, he was saying shame off of you because I'm for you. Are you going to mess up? Are you perfect? Absolutely not. But does that disqualify you from being my witness? Absolutely not. I can still use you. You're acting kind of like Simon again. You keep going back and forth. You're kind of wishy-washy on this whole thing, but I'm looking at you because I still don't see a problem. I still see, now you denied me, but I still see a person who's got potential. But he was feeling it. It's day four. Day four is the day that he struggled. Peter's got leukemia of the spirit. He let the Lord down. He cussed in his face. He deserted him. He betrayed him. He denied him. He's, he's taken it hard. He's so discouraged that he let the Lord down that day. John chapter 21 and verse 3, Peter says, I don't know. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going back to fishing. He had a little bit of a beep beep. A little boop, 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 boop. Kind of that, that kind of, how many know we need to take the beep beep out of our Christianity? I'm going back fishing. And then he tells his boys, hey, let's go fishing. And they say, we'll come in with you. And they back the boat out of the garage and they go back out to the lake. Just guess with me how that went. He launches out to the lake because he used to sin with efficiency and now he's lousy at it. God will allow you to be an absolute failure at what you used to be good at to get your attention, to come back to him and not go back to bulimia or your past or your drugs or your depression or your suicidal thoughts or whatever the beep 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 let's take the beep 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 out of our Christianity and there he is and they're catching what no fishy fishy for Mr. Simon and Jesus keeps chasing him don't you love the son of God he's got edge I love it he's cruising along the beach it's breakfast it's fish and chips with Jesus he calls out to them. They're failures. They're catching nothing. Nothing's running. How many of carpenters can tell fishermen what to do? And he can tell the fish where to go and where not to go. Don't you dare get in that net. Until they go to the right side, then fishy, fishy, go get in the net. Isn't it amazing? Hey, children. He calls out from the shore. Hey, have y'all caught anything? No, haven't caught anything. Why don't you just lay it, lay it down on the, just kind of let it down on the, on the right side. What's the difference? It's just a couple of feet. We let it down over here, no fish. There's not going to be any fish on, on this side. Just let it down on the right side. I know what I'm talking about. 
And he surrendered. And he said to him, he said, nevertheless, I will. And they did. And guess what happened? Y'all are way ahead of me. All of a sudden, 153 large fish jump into that neck. It's a, it's a net-breaking day. It's another miracle. What I love about Peter is that he swam in. To people that you know that have sin and guilt and shame, they usually swim out of church. They go somewhere else, out into Never Never Land or whatever. Peter, when he's struggling on day four, he's swimming in. He's breaking Michael Phelps' Olympic 100-yard breaststroke record. He can't wait to get in, hauling all of the miracle catch that Jesus just provided. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Come on, Ray of Hope. He can't wait to get in. And all the other ones are following, and they take all of these 153 large fish, and they bring it up, and Jesus, I don't know where he got his fish. He created a miracle. He's got some bread, and they're sitting there together on the beach, and it's awkward. Awkward! I mean, it's, he breaks the silence. Simon, you're acting like Simon. Simon, do you love me? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of into you. I like you. Why don't you, uh, why don't you feed my sheep? Simon, hey, do you love me? Yeah, kind of like bromance, like kind of a brotherly love, like a kind of a phileo love. Like, yeah, you know I, I kind of love you. Hey, why don't you take care of my, my lambs? Hey, Simon, uh, hey, do you, do you love me? Why do you keep asking me the same question? Of course I love you. And this is a ministry to my spirit because to the person who feels like they're struggling on the struggle bus, like Peter did on day for, and it's awkward as all get out in this conversation. Jesus is in restoring mode. And what does he say to people who feel disqualified and people who feel like a total mess up like I've felt? He says to them, not shame on you, he says to them, get a job in my kingdom. It's not three strikes, you're out. I'm restoring you. Aren't you thankful for the kindness of God that leads us to repentance? That's our God. The goodness of God leads us through the struggle, through the hurt, into healing. God wants to restore us. It doesn't disqualify him from being a mouthpiece for God in the future. Why? You're Hank. You're acting like Simon, but you shall be called Frank. You're Harry, but you're in process. Let me help you. You shall be called Larry. You are, you shall be. As the band comes up and the worship team, as we kind of land the plane here this morning, I was thinking about the story of Billy, and Billy was less than average. He was a very ordinary football player. Let's just face it, he stunk. <laughs> but he made the team, but he never had playing time. He was like the water boy, like Adam Sandler. And so anyway, he's just, he's riding pine. He's on the bench. Four years in high school, pretty good team. He's not going to get in the game. He knows he's not going to get in the game, but he's practicing. He's showing up. He's committed. He goes to all the, he never misses. He's there. All the games. His dad would come to the practices. His dad would come to the games. And of course, they're going deep in the playoffs again. I mean, they're dominant, and they go all the way to the high school state championship. And, and at halftime, in fact, it was, it was neck and neck. He was tied up. Close game. 
And here's Billy. Billy's just doing his thing. He's got a helmet. He's got shoulder pads. He's got a jersey on. He's got a number. He's, he's doing his water thing, and he's not going to get in the game. There's no hope of him getting the game. And so they go to halftime, and, of course, coach gets up, and he's got this motivational talk. He says, we could take this. We could take the state. We've never won the state championship. We've gotten really close, runner-up, but we, we could take this team. We've got them on their heels. And they run out, man. They kind of bust through, you know, how they do, and they go out into the football field. But before they do, the coach says, Billy, let me just kind of, before we go out there, just me and you, said, I got this, inf- I don't even know what this, this little note is, but I was told to pass it along to you. And he passes it to Billy, and, and Billy opens it up, and, and then he just starts sobbing. Kind of like Peter, just wept. He's struggling because of what's on that letter, and, and it says the words. Of course, the coach didn't know. He hadn't pre-read the letter that he gave. He said, hey, Billy, what does it say? He said, well, my, my dad, he's, he's a believer in Jesus, but he just, I got word that he just passed away. And so the coach says, hey, man, look, I'll, I'll pray for you. I, if, if you need to go see your family, you don't have to go back out for the second half. And he goes, no, I, I want to, coach. And so they run out together, and they join the rest of the team on the sidelines there, and they get into the second half. And this is the very first time that Billy's actually standing next to the coach, and he goes, put me in. He goes, well, Billy, I, like, I kind of I need my A team in there. Like, this is a state championship. It's a pretty big deal, state championship game. And I kind of need my best of the best that are in there. He said, just put me in. He goes, what do you play? He goes, I don't even know. He goes, oh, that's, that's bad news. And so he goes, uh, just put me in on, on defense. He goes, well, why don't you just go in there, be the safety, get as far away from the ball as possible, and they can launch the ball, and you can just run towards it and see if you can intercept it or something like that or whatever, and I'll get you in for one play. He goes, okay, all I need is one play. He gets out there, quarterback drops back. Ball goes up in the air, kind of like a Hail Mary kind of thing. And Billy runs with all of his guts towards this, this ball. And he actually picks off the ball. He intercepts the ball and, and kind of fakes out and jukes this guy and jukes that guy, a little razzmatazz. And he goes all the way, picks six, goes all the way to the house, gets six points, and the whole team is going crazy. He says, put me in on offense. He goes, what do you play on offense? I don't know, wide receiver. He said, tell the quarterback to throw me the ball. He gets in there on offense. He runs a little hook and kind of go route, and he launches this ball. He actually catches the ball. Runs all the way to the house. I mean, it's two plays, two catches, two touchdowns. They go on to win the game, the the high school championship game. They hoist Billy, the whole team, the coach, up on their shoulders. They give him the autographed, everybody on the team autographed and signatured the ball. Hey, man, you've got the game ball. They went back to the locker room. The whole team is pumped. And they get back there and they said, Billy, what, what in the world? What, what got into you? And he goes, well, a lot of you don't know. Just, just the coach knows. But he says, you saw my dad. He would come to practices. He would come to all of the games. But maybe what you didn't know is that he was a believer in Jesus and he passed away. I just got the note that he passed away, but probably what many of you didn't know was that my dad was blind. But yet he came to all the practices and he came to all of the games. But when you're a believer in Jesus and you go to heaven, you get a brand new body and you get brand new eyes. So my dad never saw me play, ever. 
until I got the note that he was in heaven and then he saw me play and I'm playing for my dad. And how many know all of us have an opportunity to get in the game because we're playing for our dad? <laughs> we're playing for our heavenly, are y'all hearing what I'm saying here today? We're playing for our heavenly father and we play for his glory. And no longer do you see now a flimsy, flailing fisherman who's struggling on the sidelines day five. You see Peter, who's an awesome shepherd, who stands by the coach and says, get me in the game. I've got some talents. I've, I've got some skills. I've got something to contribute. I got something more in here. Can, God says that to us. He says, there's more in you to move beyond salvation. It's the day that, day five, it's the day that he stood. He's not struggling any longer. It's Acts chapter two. And what happened was he stands up with his 11 football players. Acts chapter two says there's 11 people on a football team. There's 11 that stood. His 11 brothers stood up. His team called the church. How many know Jesus has never been defeated and he'll never lose? We're on a winning team called the church. And, G and, and Peter stands up with his 11 football players on that day and preaches the gospel and presses 3,000 fish called people into a net. It's called purpose. And maybe here today, maybe here today it's, it's your day to stand. Maybe it's your day to move beyond salvation. Maybe it's your day to say today's the day. Maybe it's your day to move past the beep, 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 and the past the past and to get into the purpose and the call because how many know the call of God is, is higher than the fall? <laughs> He's coming after you and it's the best way to live. Can, it, can you receive this word here today? Come on, let's just put our hands together and give Jesus, come on, we can do better than that, Ray of Hope. Let's give Jesus a big hand, our head coach. Why don't you stand? Everybody standing with us all over the room here today. I want to invite you to come before I turn it over to Pastor Mike or Pastor Matt Chambers as they come. And I want to invite you forward here today because I believe the Lord is speaking. And here's what I believe the Lord is, is saying here today. Bottom line, maybe you came to the building, but you never met the builder. Bottom line, maybe you came to the meeting, but you never met the man, Christ Jesus. Or maybe you came to church today but you've never met the Christ. And if you're wondering whether or not you have met him day one, you've never had a day one in your life, the day of, of salvation. If you're wondering about that, you probably have never met him because once you meet him, he's unforgettable. And then you're gonna want more and you'll get addicted. <laughs> you'll want a day two, you'll want a day three, you'll want a day four, day five. Maybe today is the day. In fact, let's just take the word maybe out. Today is the day. <laughs> Today is the day to start reading your Bible, start giving, start sharing, start spreading. Why? Because reached people, reached people go reach people. And found people go find people. That's the first thing you should do this week when you walk out the doors is go find somebody and bring them to Ray of Hope Church so they can go meet Jesus. That's on you. That's on me. That's the purpose of God and it's addicting and it's full of joy and God's got that purpose for your life. Father, I thank you, Lord, today. Lord, we give our hearts to you. Lord, you've autographed our hearts. I thank you, Lord, we move past our past. Maybe there are those that are struggling in the room. 
God, you can heal, you can restore, you can say shame and guilt gone. Shame off of you. Lord, fill your people with purpose, God, today. Lord, let us, Lord, be those that give everything that we got to the cause of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said a good amen to that. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand. Love you, church. God bless you. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.